Hey everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report, the number one WordPress entrepreneurship podcast on the web. Uh, if you are enjoying this uh, series of WordPress entrepreneurs, I've got a special guest today who's not a WordPress entrepreneur uh, in the sense, but definitely somebody that I've been following for a long time. We're going to get to him uh, in a jiffy. So mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected uh, with the community. Uh, this show is always brought to you by Conductor Plugin, and the Conductor makes it easy to build WordPress landing pages, product pages with WooCommerce, which we'll talk about today. As you know, Conductor is my baby, is my product, so I love everybody who supports the show by purchasing Conductor. And oh, by the way, five-star reviews are awesome, right? I've got a fellow podcaster on the call today. If I could beat him out in iTunes ratings, that's awesome, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what's the secret? You go over to iTunes, you search for Matt Report or WordPress Podcast, you hit the old five-star buttons. We're up to 56 five-star reviews. Thank you, everybody. You don't even have to leave a review. You just got to hover over the fifth star, click it, and that's all you have to do. If you don't like the show, one star is fine. I'll take it. Leave a review. Tell me what we can do to improve, but I'm loving everybody who's leaving great reviews so far. All right, without further ado, I'm talking to somebody today who is uh, in a different genre, is doing something very unique in the podcasting world, and not the typical WordPress entrepreneur like I mentioned before, Andrew Udarian of E-Commerce Fuel Podcast, the podcast that I tune into every episode. Uh, welcome to the program, my friend. It's great to meet you and to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's awesome to be here. Appreciate you having me on. So... I love the fact that you all you talk about is e-commerce. I love the the nitty-gritty of the e-commerce businesses and from folks who are just like selling their own product to um, I don't even know what you, what you call it in your world I guess drop shipping I guess if somebody's reselling a product uh, I don't know the terminology. Um, I tune in for the tips, the how-to and just the experience of what other people are doing. I love all that stuff. Don't love the fact you don't use WordPress, but we're going to dive into that. <laughs> uh, so give folks the two-minute elevator pitch, who you are, and what you do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like you said, Andrew Udarian, I've been doing e-commerce, I guess, online for, for a better part of seven years. And really two core parts to, to, to my business. On, on the one side, like you mentioned, have a physical products business. We sell radio equipment. In the past, we've sold stuff, you know, trolling motors, all sorts of different things. And that's what I've been doing full-time for, you know, like I said, seven years or so. So it gave me the foundation to uh, kind of have a sense of how that ecosystem works. It's different. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, we're not a huge, we're not a crazy huge company. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got, you know, roughly, you know, low, very low seven figures. And so it's kind of this interesting area where not tiny, but not enormous. And after doing this for four or five years, realized, hey, there's decent number of other entrepreneurs kind of in this situation uh, straddling, you know, they're making full-time incomes online, but, you know, they're an individual owner with a team of maybe five to ten people or even smaller trying to do everything that these huge companies do. So decided uh, that's when I kind of made the jump to also start blogging about e-commerce, uh, talking about how to run a store, how to get one going over at ecommercefuel.com. And so I write over there, I podcast over there, like you mentioned, and we also have a, a private community for, for kind of people that are that fit those criteria, that are a little, a little more established, uh, are independent merchants and that make a living online. So that's, that's it's kind of my, uh, uh, you know, my story in a nutshell. What what I'm up to. That's awesome. Um, a lot of the folks listening to this are, of course, WordPress uh, folks. They're either designers or developers, sort of servicing, uh, you know, maybe even folks like yourself or folks in your audience who are building out uh, shopping sites or e-commerce sites. There are other people who are selling digital product and they're simply tuning in so that they can figure out which plugins to use and which tactics to use to sell their either courses like like maybe you do and and membership sites. Um, 
I'm curious though, so a lot of folks, uh, the majority of the folks are people like me who have WordPress product and we're looking at the big boys, be it Studio Press, Woo Themes, and we're like, man, we it's it's tough to compete against the big boys. I'd imagine it's even harder in your case when you're looking at like Amazon, <laughs> you know, Alibaba, like what, what, I mean, how and what's the mindset you have to get in to compete um, in this in this space? Yeah, a good question. Is getting, I mean, Amazon's just just turning e-commerce on its head. You know, if you look at it, we like it's it's hard. I wish I could hate them. I say this a lot. I wish I could hate Amazon, but they, you know, they offer like the perfect cross intersection of great value and trust and convenience. Right? You know, they're probably not the cheapest in the world, um, but but man, they have a pretty compelling, uh, you know, proposition for those three when you combine them. And so. I uh, would love to hate them and say they offer terrible service and terrible selection, but they don't. And so as an independent merchant, you really have two ways to compete against them. One, you either have to specialize uh, on selling existing products. This is what we do. Specialize very narrowly and provide a ton of value-adding information. So we sell radio equipment. It's all we focus on. Uh, installing radios in your in your vehicle is pretty confusing. And so we get tons of tech, you know, tech uh, articles, tutorials, things like that. Our value-add isn't the product. It's the information and making that purchasing process easier. That's one way. That's the harder way. The easier way where I think e-commerce is going for independent merchants is to build a proprietary product. Uh, just because Amazon, all of a sudden, if you have your own proprietary product, Amazon, instead of becoming a place where you have to compete with a hundred other merchants and squeeze out a razor-thin margin, becomes a great platform to, to be able to get your mar your product to an audience where you don't you know you can control the margin and distribution you don't have to you can set the price so um, so those are the two ways we, we see um, in, in terms of the only only real chance you have against beating out Amazon yeah it's you know the thing that's big uh, in our world and, and I'm sure in your world because you just hit on it is content marketing building the brand building a personal brand um, I mean, I'm assuming that's what you're doing too. I mean, you're you're probably building uh, free info products, lead magnets, drip campaigns. You're doing video, probably video reviews. Um, what's that like in your world uh, for these 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 physical products? A lot of us are selling digital products. What's that like in your world with car radios and stuff like that? Are you actually going into a car with a GoPro and <laughs> mapping out how to install it? What's that like? Yeah, so, so we do for the value adds. Uh, really, I think it, for us, it starts with figuring out what problems, I mean, this kind of probably applies to any industry, but what problems do people have and identifying those and trying to think through where those questions pop up in the purchasing process and proactively addressing those. So uh, we do a lot of video content, you know, you know really just showing people hands-on what uh, you know what the product looks like. We have a lot of uh, installation guides that come with our packages. So we'll go and because it's it's intimidating to somebody to ins install, you know, who's never done it before, to install a radio in their vehicle. So maybe we are selling the exact same product and sa same radio equipment that Amazon is. But you go to Amazon, you're not going to get a complete custom seven-page illustrated uh, guide on how to install this exact product in your vehicle. Amazon doesn't doesn't offer that. And so that's, I mean, that's something where that's a pretty big value add for someone to feel comfortable to be able to do it themselves. They'll pay, you know, sometimes we'll pay more. So installation guides, videos, um, really providing guidance on what works with uh, other products. You know, a lot of these radio installs, they require five, six, seven, eight products, not all of them which work together. So, so helping people really feel comfortable that, hey, this is all going to work together. Uh, you're not going to have to spend two extra weeks getting it, getting frustrated, returning it, and then waiting for a new one to come because 
we can tell you what works out of the gate. So those are the value add. That's kind of, it's not content marketing in the sense of blogging. In fact, we don't really even do a whole lot of blogging on our site, although you can you know, do that well with e-commerce, but more it's about providing a ton of value and educational content baked into the product. Radios in my first few cars and it was like, get the wire harness, get the mount, get the brackets. Uh, you know, do you want like whatever? I don't even remember like 10 gauge wire. So it's got the best sound. Like there's all this stuff and you're just, you know, there's all these things you want to make sure it works well. Um, so I definitely see that. Some of the people, again, like myself, when we're selling product, right, we're not reselling anybody else's product um, unless you're doing maybe affiliate sales with WordPress product, but a lot of us set out to, to craft our own solution, right? We look at what themes uh, we, can, we can create, we look at what plugins we can create, and we look at that market. Uh, for an independent merchant like yourself, where uh, is the secret sauce where you're getting the inventory from and then reselling? Is that the secret sauce in this scenario, or is it a very much just we can buy this inventory from this person and then sell it at this price and it's just based on volume. Um, I guess, I, I don't, I apologize because I don't know the, <laughs> I don't know the market. So what is that secret? It's like, how does one person say, I'm going to start selling car radios tomorrow? How do they yeah. do that? Yeah. So, so really, really it sounds like what you're asking is what, like, what's that secret sauce that allows you to succeed online with Yeah. E or, or yeah, let, let's throw that out. Let's just say if somebody said, I like that. I, I also want to sell car radios. What, what, what would they have to do? Like, where do they even go to find car radios to buy, <laughs> to sell? <laughs> yeah, good question. It's, so product sourcing is getting, I think maybe, uh, you know, I think maybe five, six, you know, five years ago, uh, and perhaps for people just coming into the industry that a lot of times the biggest hang up is, oh, where do I source products? And actually that's not that difficult of a thing uh, anymore. I mean, between, between, Alibaba for funding products in China between, uh, you know, a lot of drop shipping directories or just even some Google searches, tracking down products to buy either in wholesale or dropship isn't too difficult. To, so, so that's not the, the secret sauce. I think the secret sauce is one finding, uh, figuring out, this sounds like a really cliche because it applies to pretty much any business. And so I feel a little bad saying this, but finding out where you can add value. You know, if you're selling big screen TVs, let's say, assuming you could even buy them, assuming Samsung's going to let you, or Samsung's going to let you dropship or, or buy their TVs, probably won't let you. You can go out and source those, but where you can add value that you're going to get destroyed by Best Buy, who probably loses money on their mm -hmm. TVs to sell their right. you know, $50 HDMI cords to you at, at a 10x markup. Um, so figuring out, is this actually, a, uh, where am I going to add value? And it kind of goes back again to what I mentioned, adding some kind of informational value in a niche or having your own product. And not all niches are a good fit for informational products. Like if you're selling, again, TVs, sure, yeah, maybe you can educate consumers on TVs, but one of the things is it's not enough to educate. You have to have some kind of friction that allows people to stick on your site to resell. Because if you if you got a great, a great site, Matt, about TVs, and people say, hey, I want this TV, this is the only thing I need, man, they can shop around that one SKU, that one product to Amazon, Newegg, and super fast and easy for them to just go somewhere else. Whereas on our site with car radio equipment, um, you know, yeah, they can go on, maybe they can find the radio somewhere else, but they've got a basket of five or six items in their car. Maybe it's a $150, $200 purchase price. 
yeah, they could go shop that six-item six cart around to four stores, but that's a pain in the tail, right? You know, and so that's where that, that friction keeps them on the site. So um, I think it's a con- really it's, it's a combination of figuring where you can add value and if it's a good niche to add value. And second part is marketing it properly. You know, PPC is getting a lot more expensive. Uh, Facebook's getting more expensive. SEO is getting harder. And so, you know, really, I think it's once you get that aspect down, if, if you get the foundation laid well, then it becomes... Uh, yeah, 80% about marketing well, making sure you can acquire a customer cheaply enough. So that's it's getting harder to do, and I think it's getting it's requiring more and more creativity and branding because paid advertisement is getting more expensive. Yeah. One uh, one more question about the, the inside baseball of the business, and then I want to shift over to WordPress. Um, one of the things that is, is very popular in our space, uh, which maybe is in yours as well, is affiliate sales. And uh, a lot of folks will do informational blog posts like, how do I use... For instance, my plugin, how do I use Conductor plugin to build WooCommerce landing pages? And they build that, you know, they build that information uh, really for my product, but then they have an affiliate link and somebody goes and buys it and they get a commission. Um, the difference is in our business, so in our business, people might say, well, I, I, they might email the original blogger, right, and say, hey, I bought Conductor because you said it was awesome and it could do all this stuff, um, but how, did I, how do, you, how do I um, make this landing page like in your blog post? Right, so that person might reply because they've used the plugin, or they might say, "Look, you have to go and, and ask the guys over at at Conductor to do that." How does that work in your world when you're selling a, a Pioneer radio and somebody says it's not working? Do you say, "Well, look, we, we can only take it so far. You have to go to Pioneer to figure figure this out." What does support look like? Uh, is is the bottom line? Yeah, good question. I think. It, it, the uh, good merchants, like good merchants, are going to uh, at least provide at some level a, a, a first kind of tier of support for your customers because it's always frustrating because our customers they buy from us, they have the relationship with us, and um, you know they they're probably going to be we're going to be the people they turn to first for any kind of help. And you've got to be careful depending on the niche. I mean, you can't necessarily have a toll free number where you provide unlimited amounts of tech support with highly trained forty dollars that you know per hour people all day long. You get out of business based on your margins, but. Whether it's at least a decent level of emails, you know, tier one email support or great resources on your site, I think if you don't offer that to your customers, you're 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 hurting your brand and you're hurting your your you know the, the reputation that you'll build in the marketplace. That being said, most merch, most uh, you know products are going to have, you know, like uh, let's say they got a year warranty, so it's kind of standard in the industry for the retailer, the seller, to hey really cover defects, problems, issues for say anywhere from the first 30 to 90 days. But then if like we sell somebody a radio and it goes belly up a year and a half down the road, or you know, that's yeah. something where, hey man, that's that's a little beyond the scope of what we're gonna help you with. We can definitely get you in contact with the manufacturer, but at that point that's covered under a warranty issue. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, no different than than our space and, and the, the the big talk um in WordPress in the WordPress ecosystem amongst business owners like myself is you know, and you've probably seen this, uh, you know, you go and you buy a theme for 30 bucks, you know, this is a, you know, years ago, people go and they buy a theme for $30, and then they, uh, back then it was, people were saying, we well, have yeah, $30 for life, you know, unlimited support for life, it's like $30 <laughs> unlimited support for life, and there's probably a million things 
that could go more wrong with a WordPress theme than there would be a car radio because people start putting other plugins and themes and stuff into their thing. And it's like, now you're supporting like, hey, my printer's not printing anymore. I think it's because of your theme. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not, that's not how it works. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. So, so the economy um, is definitely in an interesting space in WordPress, um, which leads me to ask you, I know that you, that uh, you host your e-commerce site with Shopify. Did you ever compare WordPress to Shopify? What made you make that decision? Let's talk about uh, WordPress um, and probably the elephant in the room, gorilla in the room, elephant in the room, <laughs> gorilla in the room uh, of the um, WooCommerce, right? So what made you go with Shopify versus WordPress slash WooCommerce? So we've never, never seriously looked at at WordPress as a as an e-commerce platform like obviously hands down it's the most successful CMS you know online right now um, but from an e-commerce perspective we kind of start out with with the Zencart which is a hosted open you know so it's 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 hosted we have to host on our own servers um, then we move to Magento same kind of thing more complex hosted as well and then finally we're we're migrating to Shopify which they host it um, and the reason we never like looked at it too seriously is when we started, uh, I don't think it was a major player in the industry, you know, six, seven years ago. At least it, I, it wasn't on my radar. And since we've grown, you know, the business up a little bit to the point where we, we wanted something that was a platform that could handle, you know, instead of just a beginning business, something that was a little more intermediate to, to advance, more mature. Uh, so the other platforms we've looked at are just, you know, they're specifically catered for e-commerce. They're built for exactly around that. So yeah, they may be a little more, um, a little more complex to set up, um, but just the functionality for them is going to be more robust than for, than for WooCommerce. Um, it, so that's. Is it something like, um, like maybe inventory management? Maybe does it tap into like your product sourcing thing? Is it better for support? What are those, uh, the things that you like about them? Yeah. So, and again, a lot of this to 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 preface this. I, again, never having used WooCommerce, these are things that I've just talked with other people about, sure. uh, kind of learned secondhand. So, if I slip up on one or two of these, uh, that that's why. The Matterport <laughs> Nation will not be knocking on your door. Let's <laughs> not give out my email address right after this for complaints, which may come pouring in. But so, so some of the things, for example, um, like we're going over to Shopify right now and we have a lot of variations. Let's say we have a package that has, you know, 20 different options. Well, Shopify and just by any e-commerce platform worth their, worth its salt is going to provide what's called an individual SKU per variation so that you can sync that up with inventory, you, uh, all these kind of things. Whereas I don't believe something like WooCommerce will let you assign individual SKUs per variation. I think it's, you can definitely have variations, but you can't keep track of those. Uh, at least you, Previously, maybe they've updated that, but you couldn't do that. Um, things like SaaS uh, integrations, like there's a service that we use in the past called Ecom Hub that that kind of syncs inventory between our suppliers and our store. Uh, there's a there's a whole just like in WordPress, there's a whole ecosystem of of SaaS apps and applications that help you run an e-commerce store. And I don't believe most of them tie in or integrate very well with, or at least a lot of them don't with with something like WooCommerce, whereas they would with Shopify with Magento. So you've got things like that. Um, so th those are kind of some of the uh, you you know, in terms of maybe one other thing, in terms of maintenance, uh, you know, one of the great things about WordPress is it is such a, a robust, it's such a huge ecosystem. There's so many plugins available. But as you know, you and, and your listeners well know, you got to stay on top of that, right? Between updating the core WordPress and making sure your your extensions are playing nicely with each other and on upgrades, it can be, you know, you, you got to be on top of that. Um, 
And from a security breach standpoint, because WordPress is is so much more popular, there's probably you know, there are more vulnerabilities. And because e-commerce by nature, you're collecting more sensitive information than perhaps if you're just blogging or or, or doing something else those breaches are more serious. And so something like uh, a host of platform for, for e-commerce, you don't have to worry about that. And on the, uh, you know, on the Magento side or on the, if, if you are hosting your own open source, uh, whether it's Magento or OpenCart or something else, you're probably going to see fewer vulnerabilities just because it's not as popular. And all of those, you know, all of those extensions uh, are explicit, you know, are designed specifically for just that e-commerce. So you're probably going to have less problems. So, so those are, I kind of went on for a while, but, but those were probably the, the reasons that didn't pick that, you know, didn't, we haven't picked it for a, a, a more mature business. That being said, I'd love to dive into some of the, the cases where I think it does make sense as well. Yeah, and I was just going to sort of maybe transition to that. I think the argument would be, and I've actually heard you say this on the on your podcast before. Um, if, I think I, you were doing the, uh, I forget the, the guy's name that you were with, but you were sort of doing, I think it was the tools episode or the top tools that you were using. Anyway, uh, the point is is that you, you I think you did mention that hey, you could use WordPress and you could use WooCommerce and for like the drop, like if you didn't want to ship to Argentina, right? You're, you're kind of stuck or you, you didn't want Argentina in a country list you might be stuck with that on a hosted uh, e-commerce platform because they, they just have Argentina in there and you can't pull that out. Though you host it on your own custom WordPress and WooCommerce, you could pull out Argentina and do this stuff. You could probably extend it to do uh, SKU per, pro or per product variation um, by hiring a developer. Um, there's um, tons of add-ons for WooCommerce. Off the top of my head, I don't know if they have it. Um, but uh, I think that your argument too in that episode was yeah, they, they could do it. You're just going to have to spend some time customizing it. And at what point do you make that transition to say, it's worth my company to invest in a custom platform um, for on WordPress because of, you know, marketing or SEO control or you want to take your website and turn it into an app and maybe your hosted platform doesn't support that, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that's not really a question to you. <laughs> I guess it's more of just a statement. Like at some point there might be uh, some return on investment if you said, you know what, we need to control this entire thing um, from start to finish and, and we can't rely on a hosted hosted platform. Do you ever see yourself getting to a volume of sales where it doesn't make sense to do a hosted platform anymore and uh, and you have to bring it in and, and build it your own way? Do you think that it's ever going to come up? Yeah, you know, I, I hope so because that means the business has taken off and growing and, and uh, we, we have some, some, some really custom requirements that can afford to implement them. So, um, I, but I think personally what I've seen with other merchants uh, and, you know, whether you're, you're mid to high six figures or kind of low seven figures, the benefits of having a hosted platform where everything works, everything upgrades particularly you don't have to manage IT, uh, usually outweigh at that, that size business the complexity of, of managing, you know, hiring a program or having someone. Because if, if you're going to have your own you know, custom cart, yeah, you can go out and hire people one-off on Odesk here and there, but that, that man, it, that's like your core business, right? That's the core platform your entire business runs on. That can get a little dicey if the guy takes off or leaves. It's, it's really much better to have them as a core integral part of your team for for you know, just stability. Um, so that being said, you do see, you know, once you get in that five, $10 million range and up, then I think that makes, or if you have a business model where the value add is really predicated on, we offer very custom functionality. Yeah, 
absolutely that makes sense. But for, for merchants in my size, uh, I think a lot of times the, 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 the benefits of hosted outweigh the, the incremental customization you could make. So, yeah, um, yeah does that the, answer? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Um, you know, it's interesting because I know that uh, as much as we, so a lot of the folks in the audience, uh, as soon as you say, just go hire somebody on Odesk, that's when they start running to your house. Just, just letting you know that right now, <laughs> because they want, you know, there is, uh, and rightfully so, um, uh, doing WordPress the right way um, in this community, uh, not that people on Odesk uh, are doing it the wrong way, but a lot of people want you to buy into uh, an agency or a small team, boutique agency, boutique firm uh, to, support, uh, to support your WordPress, because there are a lot of moving parts. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, and they say, well, the problem is, is you might go hire somebody off of Odesk and if they do disappear, well, maybe you should have hired an agency in the beginning, right? But again, it's, it's business. If it doesn't make sense to retain an agency at X dollars a month uh, and you're only making Y, you just simply can't make that connection. Um, is there a holy grail of um, e-commerce CMSs right now? Is it Shopify? Is there something else out there that like that's where you would really want to be at or is it or is it Shopify? Yeah, you know, I think it really depends on on the merchant and what you're doing. Um, disclosure before I say this, like, you know, I, I've worked a lot with Shopify. They sponsor the podcast. So so feel free to take, you know, anything I say here with a grain of salt, full disclosure. But um, I mean, that's for the smaller businesses, again, in that high six, low seven figure range and even higher in a lot of cases, I think Shopify's I think Shopify is awesome in terms of yeah. the the the, uh, the options out there, and just biggest reasons are a huge ecosystem. In terms of you know, I think Shopify on the hosted side, in terms of having someone else host your cart, they've got the best ecosystem hands down in terms of developers, in terms of apps. It's akin to WordPress, you know, in terms of the hosted world of e-commerce. So love them for that. They've got a really great platform uh, for uh, their API is really robust. Their customization framework called Liquid is is allows you to do a lot of really cool things. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's really important. We're in the middle of a huge redesign and doing some really cool customization stuff. I don't know it would be possible on another platform. So, so I do really like Shopify. Um, you know, for other, other stores, Magento, if you really want to, you know, if you really want to control, you know, getting back to the question of hosted versus customization, if you really want to control the entire experience of your store and you have the resources uh, and the developer talent to be able to, you know, to do that and commit to that financially on an ongoing basis, Magento probably is going to be one that you're seriously looking at. Uh, I mean, I've been on it. We're moving away from it because it's, it's just, it's a beast. <laughs> it's a resource intensive. It's very complicated. It's also very powerful though. And I'd say on the hosted, uh, the, the non-hosted side probably has the best, uh, largest ecosystem for "Quote unquote serious, large, mature, eight-figure businesses." So those will be the two you're probably going to be going to be looking at. So no, that's awesome stuff. Um, four, five, uh, ninety episodes, ninety-four, ninety-five with Zoe Rooney. Uh, she actually excels in in Shopify customization. So if folks who are listening to this want to hear from a developer uh, and designer who's really progressing with with Shopify, go ahead and, and tune into that. Zoe Rooney, it's episode 94, 95, something like that. Um, she does primarily Shopify custom development and then uses WordPress for the marketing site and the blog site. Um, is there, and one last question about the inside baseball of, of this world, is there a, uh, in the WordPress world, there's WordCamps, it's where 
uh, WordPress uh, enthusiasts flock to from city to city. It feels like there's one in every uh, state and country around the world at every 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 week. Um, you know, San Francisco gets up to you know. I don't know what the number is, maybe over a thousand people going. Um, Boston was like 700. That's where I'm at. So is there a uh, top conferences that you attend for the e-commerce world that somebody might be interested in attending? Yeah, good question. That's one of my goals this next year is to get to more conferences. Um, you know, there's there's a conference called IRCE Internet Retailer, uh, which happens in June and July every year. And it's uh, that's probably the one of, if not the biggest e-commerce conferences. It's geared a little bit more toward larger merchants again, probably like high seven, uh, low eight-figure merchants. Um, but again, that's kind of the, the world series of e-commerce. Uh, Magento Imagine, they do that every year, but again, that's going to be geared towards larger conf- or larger uh, larger businesses. We actually just did, uh, for e-commerce fuel in our community, I, I didn't see a I saw like a gap in the market for that's one of the reasons I started the community uh, for for those those smaller high six you know slow to mid seven figure businesses and this we actually started our, our inaugural e-commerce field conference uh, in Austin we had it this year awesome. and, and we'll be doing it every year a uh, little little self promotion there I apologize awesome. but uh, yeah those those are the kind of the the two that, that stand out in the marketplace for for me um, do you mind actually before we move on from this without I, I hate to. You know, I think there definitely is a, a place for WooCommerce. Do you mind if I give the, uh, the hey, here's where, where WooCommerce does shine and where it does make sense? Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. So they don't think, you know, so we're not completely throwing them under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and doing a little research for, for this call, I was looking through some threads, and, and there's a guy in our forum that very successful. I, you know, if I had to guess, he's doing, you know, low to mid seven figures. And uh, he started his business on, on WooCommerce and was it was great. It worked fantastically out of the gates. And so I think um, some of the strengths of WooCommerce are obviously WordPress is well known. A lot of people are very comfortable with it. And if you're you know if you're thinking about getting into e-commerce, thinking about starting a business, and especially if uh, you know and, and you have a background in WordPress and know it well, use it. Absolutely use it. Use it to, to kickstart it because almost certainly when you're starting out, your success and failure isn't going to be based on the platform that you choose. It's going to be based on your product, how much value you're adding, and specifically how well you market. So use what you're comfortable uh, with. So you know, and again, there's a huge ecosystem. I mean, the, the, the downside of potentially upgrading all those apps and things, the, the flip side is there's so many uh, developers that know this platform well. There's so many extensions for it. Um, so it really is, is you know, you can really tweak it, especially if you, you know what you're doing. So um, there are some downsides, but uh, if you're getting started and you know it well, use it until it becomes a problem, especially if that's something you have a forte in, because it's hard to beat the price and it's hard to beat uh, um, the fact that it's, it's so popular and well-known. Yeah, I mean, in my agency world, it's one of the things that, um, you know, when we're up against uh, bigger bids on e-commerce platforms, and usually it comes in from like the Drupal side, sometimes it's the Magento side, um, we say that, look, <clears throat> we're gonna, it's, it's going to be faster to execute if we build this in WordPress. Uh, you know, like you said, it's, it, the failure isn't going to be like, am I using uh, uh WooCommerce or am I using Shopify? It's going to be, are you executing the business correctly? Um, and we can get you from start to start to at least fifth gear before you get to the sixth gear um, a whole heck of a lot faster with WordPress. We can prototype faster. We can build it faster. We can do mobile faster. Even if you want to mature it later, I mean, why not Why not do the MVP uh, and launch your site? That's good yeah. to hear that you have somebody in the, in the forums that's successful. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's, when I got started with Magento, uh, I mean, it took me two months to get up, two months solid to get up to speed on it because I didn't know it very well. I had to, you know, uh, my, my Unix skills were really ghetto and I had to figure out how to do a little server admin. And, you know, so it, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, if, if there's someone listening right now that knows WordPress well, obviously there's going to be a lot of people in your audience thinking about starting something, doing something like Magento, which is a big hairy beast and going learning that, maybe more feature rich versus using you know WooCommerce, which you really know the the, the foundational platform you know on, on WordPress on. Oh, go WooCommerce, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Let's um let's go to the last segment, and I want to talk about uh, podcasting and your membership platform and sort of your take on all of that. First question about podcasting, something that's sort of near and, and dear to my heart is, I you know podcasting of course now coming back, it's all the rage. Everybody wants to do it, um, but I'm starting to see. You know, like when everybody was just blog, just to blog, guest post, just to guest post. Now it's like podcast to podcast. And I'm just seeing people just like putting out stuff that's just blah or just copying somebody else. There's no real uh, passion for it. The reason why I turn, tune into your, your show is because I feel like you like doing this. It's not just a marketing vehicle. You just like having the conversation, as do I. Um, what's your take on, on the state of podcasting and all the noise uh, no pun intended, that we're getting from from all these shows. Yeah, it's an interesting time. We're kind of, you know, use the, another cliche term like this renaissance of podcasting. It's, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I, podcasting is one of those things, you're doing pay-per-click, you're doing Facebook ads, you can log into Google Analytics and see exactly how much this made you, right? Um, so I think that to have a podcast that's viable in the long term, it's got to have two things. You got to, one, really enjoy doing it because like, as you know, Matt, this is, even when you love doing it, and I love doing mine as well, it's relentless every <laughs> week, every, whatever your schedule is. Like it just, you know, it's another podcast is coming up. And, and so you've got to be, you got to know what you're talking about. And you also got to enjoy it uh, um, most of the time. And plus, I think, it, I think you do need to be able to, at some point, have it be part of a, a larger strategy for building your brand to be able to tie that back. So um, I think, and we can get into those, maybe how to do that uh, if you want to in a follow-up. But in terms of a lot of the copycats out there and things, it's, I think it's, I think we're kind of right at this peak where it, it's podcast has gotten so popular the last you know twelve to eighteen months, and we're still in kind of that year range where you know again you know once you hit a year and past it really becomes like man you can do it for a year but after that it's like wow how much you know is this really worth it on an ongoing basis I think we probably will start seeing a lot of people drop off on the podcasting circuit and I think the people that do stick around we'll probably see some, some, uh, you know, outsized benefits for it. But, uh, it's interesting. I love it. I love, love listening to podcasts. I don't know about you, Matt, but anywhere I go, I'm, I'm plugged into my, to my phone. So I'm not complaining. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. My Stitcher app, um, you know, when it's running, if it can ever stay, stay stable, uh, I don't know. I'm just, if I boot it up right now, maybe I'm at like, I don't even know how many minutes either way. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but thousands and thousands of minutes or hours consumed, I should say, as Stitcher tells you when you load it up. Um, yeah, so it's definitely interesting. I definitely have this, like, uh, I don't know if you watch the Ask Gary V show, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, on YouTube, but I just have a feeling like there's going to, that is going to spawn off so many, <laughs> like so many, uh, uh, like re uh, not repeats, but, uh, so many people copy copycats. That's what I was looking for. I think it's going to spawn so many copycats and it's scary. Uh, I think. Yeah, one, um, one quick thing, if you don't mind, Matt, one last thing sure. I just thought about. I think, yeah, I think the, the, the interview segment is is something that, I think you can do internet, internet, or excuse me, you can do interview shows really well, but I also think a lot of people just kind of do the Me Too, 
let's maybe I don't have expertise in this area, but I'm just going to bring people on and interview them. And I think that's there can only be so many of those types of shows. I think the podcast that I listen to on a regular basis, uh, most of them have. They definitely bring on uh, guests from time to time, but either one, they have a ton of experience in their niche, like you do with Word, you know, with WordPress, and you can really dive in and, and ask pointed questions. Or two, it's it's for the most for the most part, most episodes have two consistent people or a consistent host and co-host that you can really develop a very strong rapport with over time. So I think I think we'll see less of the the just generic Q and As and more of the the two ladder. And that's why I moved from a uh, move to more of a consistent guest schedule because I think that or me and a, and, a, and a couple of co-hosts versus varying it up every single week. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next question, what you were going to do to sort of diversify. If you had any plans to diversify for 2015, that's one of the ones that, of course, the guests in my audience know. I sent out an email and I said, are you sick of hearing about WordPress? Do you want to hear from more people like like Andrew here today? Um, and uh, it, was a, it was a good mix. People were like, don't give up on WordPress. And yes, bring in other people, which which you know I, I was happy to hear. Uh, but do you have any plans to, to, to sort of diversify or, or change it up a bit? I actually, funny, I'm going to be niching down even more. Uh, so, I mean, we're kind of e- e-commerce right now, and the form uh, is is definitely focused on kind of established entrepreneurs, e-commerce entrepreneurs. But I think we're going to be taking the entire brand, the blog, uh, and the podcast that direction. Um, just because I think, like you mentioned, it's, so, it's so competitive that I think the more you can focus uh, and the more you can speak to one very specific person, the more powerful you'll be for them. And you'll probably get a lot of, you know, you know, fringe ancillary listeners as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a good question. I think you can, I think it is really important to focus though, not to say that every single episode you have has to be about technical WordPress fundamentals because like podcasts are just as much about inter- entertainment as they are about learning exactly. at least from my perspective, you know? Um, and, but I do think you can really diversify. So for me, I'm not going to say every episode we do is going to be strictly on shopping carts or something that you can have to sit at your computer. But I do think from every episode, would I as a store owner enjoy listening to this? Maybe it's talking about travel reward points. Maybe it's talking about, man, how do you invest money you're making from your store? Um, It doesn't have to be directly related to that niche, but it needs to be something that people in the industry would really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. No, spot on. Spot on. Uh, last part of this uh, conversation, you run a membership section, as do I. Uh, folks know the Matterport Pro. And i um, curious to hear your thoughts on running a membership uh, setup, or excuse me, what your membership setup is and, and how that's been going for you over the last year. Yeah, so just so I can hopefully kind of give the most value, are you more interested in hearing about like delivering kind of information products or actually like a, a true recurring monthly uh, membership site? Um, let's talk about how you, um, uh, let's talk about your setup technically, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you know, how, how, you know, your, your, your e-commerce section and how you kind of get that into your forums. We talked about a little bit before the show. Um, and then I'm interested to hear, um, yeah, about how you're, how you're delivering your digital product has helped that or, or maybe not, um. But yeah, let's start with the technical stuff first. Sure. So, so we have a couple different uh, things we deliver. We have an e-commerce training course that's available to anyone one-time purchase. And technically, we deliver that using a combination of Entreport, uh, which manages the billing and the permissions and WordPress WordPress plugin. So it's hosted on WordPress. Um, 
the other kind of membership site, and this is more of a, I think, true, more of a true membership site with a recurring, you know, m- you know, monthly or quarterly payment, is a private form that we run uh, for us, you know, established e-commerce professionals or store owners, uh, and we we run that on Vanilla Forms, uh, VanillaForms.com. It's a hosted solution that we use, and for getting people on that, we were talking about this, Matt, a little bit before. It's uh, really people come, they apply uh, by just a Woo Forms. Uh, page. They sign up on a PayPal link. We review their application. If everything looks good, we manually add them to the form. It's really unglamorous. From a, any <laughs> developer could was, is probably choking on them, you know, themselves right now listening to this. But uh, but that's that's kind of how our tech uh, tech infrastructure is is set up. So. Yeah. M- most folks in the audience are like, you know, paid memberships pro and BB Press, and it, you know, you, they make the purchase and they automatically give them rights to the form. It's so easy. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but I, I totally get it. And we, we thought about that, but for me, when we were kicking this off, for me, like having a form, the form was the form functionality that allowed one, just a great user experience and two, allowed us to be able to pull people into the discussion. Uh, that's a feature that some forms have, some forms don't by just tagging them was was what we built everything around. Because that was what I thought was going to determine largely more so than the automated aspects yeah. of bringing people on board the success. So that's why we went that route. Uh, so your digital product, does that funnel into uh, an eventual uh, pro member or uh, VIP member, uh, or is it just a one-off just a one, Just a one-off thing. We definitely have people who do sometimes, you know, uh, will go through the training, build up a store, and then apply for the, the advanced community, which, you know, hopefully we see that otherwise the product isn't, <laughs> isn't working very well. But, but mostly they are, they are slightly different, definitely different paths and funnels. Um, and do you develop that and support that all by yourself, or do you have a virtual team that sort of helps you with with that product, or both? Yeah, for, so for both teams, definitely have a, a fantastic team. I've got uh, uh, we've got a, com- a community manager for the forums who's come on. She's been about uh, on about six months, and she's a part time now. She'll be coming on full time uh, dis- January first, which I'm excited for. So she definitely helps out with the form management side of things. And then on the digital side, it's, it's pretty straightforward, you know? Uh, so just, I've got someone who really takes care of any troubleshooting issues, refunds, access issues. Uh, she takes care of all that. That's great. And the book is uh, profitable e-commerce, right? You go to your ecommercefuel.com uh, website. There's a call to action on the right hand side that says how to build a successful store. Click here to learn more. You click that and you can get access to the book. Yeah, you got it. Yep, it's just it's a free lead generation tool. You know, I'm sure, again, WordPress listeners will be real familiar with that. And it really goes to the nuts and bolts of if you want to dropship a product or get into e-commerce in general, specifically based on how to pick a niche and how to find suppliers more than anything else. That's awesome. Uh, Andrew, this has been a great, great episode. I can't thank you enough for, for one, finally getting to meet you, and two, having you join the show. It's been an amazing ride. Um, ecommercefuel.com. Check everything out that's going on there, especially if you're interested in e-commerce sales, <clears throat> especially if you're a lot of folks are WooCommerce developers in the audience. This is a great resource for you to tap in and learn these different things, like learn from this podcast, learn from what's going on over there so you can apply these lessons to your WooCommerce development. Uh, you know, different things like this uh, individual product skew uh, for variations. Pfft. Right there. Somebody build an extension for <laughs> WooCommerce that solves this problem right here if it doesn't already exist. Uh, Andrew, where, where can folks find you uh, to say thanks? Yeah, absolutely. Over at ecommercefuel.com is the best way. Uh, Twitter is a really easy way to get a hold of me. If there's any way you can spell Udarian, which is going to be brutal, probably just link up to the show notes here, but at Udarian or at ecommercefuel uh, on Twitter. 
uh, and the podcast, of course, that's the best way to find me. And then for engaging with people, uh, the private forum is where I spend way too much of my day. It kills my productivity. Probably should block it, but uh, that's where I'm <laughs> hanging out and engaging a lot. So That's great. Everybody else, you know what to do. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. If you want to support the show, best way to do that is to join our pro membership. Uh, MattReport.com slash join. Join a host of other WordPress entrepreneurs talking about the same things that we're talking about here live on the show. Uh, we just had our monthly mastermind call yesterday. It was awesome. Everybody's setting their goals for 2015. It's exciting to hear that. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested, mattreport.com slash join. Until next time, everybody.